Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Well, thanks for being here, Dr. Nichols. It's gonna, we're, a lot of people are really looking forward to tonight. Um, but I thought, you know, as with anything in the spirit realm, if we get some information, a lot of times that can dispel uh, questions, even hindrances to receiving, you know, and yeah, that's man. how people get saved, right? We give them some information and then it drops it down into their heart. And so, so I've, I've thought about healing a lot. I may not, I, I, I want to be healed, but I'm not healed. So um, I sent out a text uh, a while back for people that if they had questions to let us know, some people had responded to that. I have some questions that I think might be um, on the heart of some people. Um, But uh, one that just comes to mind as I watch that video is, how come it happens there so easily and it seems to be much more difficult here in the States? So... That's a good question, Eric. <laughs> he didn't know, right? So I, I, I'm not, I haven't prepped him. Right, right. Well, it doesn't have to be, but I have seen thousands upon thousands of people healed in India and Africa, mostly by just standing on a stage and just doing a healing declaration where you stand in the simple faith that the same Jesus that did that on the pages of the New Testament wants to do it now. And (laughs) in fact, I'm going to show you some uh, footages of some clips that have never been seen in the United States of America tonight. Okay, we're going to take a couple clips to build your faith of some miracles. But I think to answer the question, for one thing, the worldview of the people is a spiritual worldview in the third world countries. Now that's not all positive, okay? It's a spiritual worldview that has, it could have God and it could have angels, could also have witch doctors and demon spirits and all that kind of stuff, but with an open spiritual worldview like that, it's a little different than here. Now I know in the Western world the last 30 years it's been changing, but for a long time the Western world uh, worldview has been kind of mechanical progress and and science, planes, trains, automobiles. Trust trust the science. Right. Don't trust God, just trust the science. Right. And so that's kind of in our background. And so when you tell them in India and Africa that there's this Jesus and that he wants to heal them, they say, okay, yeah. And there, there are less hindrances and obstacles in the way. Now, it can be that way here too, praise God, amen? Right, right. right. Amen. In fact, right. I'd like to make an opening statement about this in light of fivefold. Is that okay? Sure, Eric? yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I was praying about this this last week, and, and this is a place that is really into fivefold, right? The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. All right, so let's just do a hypothetical here today to kind of kick this off and kind of send us in a direction. So let's say we have a person who received ministry for prayer and was not healed, okay? So we bring them to an apostle, What does the apostle do? The apostle says, man, I'm going to call all the branch ministries. We're going to get the intercessors going. We're we're going to get uh, a mighty prayer going up to heaven, and we're going to get you healed. That's the apostle. 
Right? You bring them to the prophet, what does the prophet do? prophet says, repent, get right with God, get that sin out of your life, you know, get in the presence of God and you'll be healed. Right? What does he, he bring them to the evangelist. What does the evangelist say? Evangelist says, you come out to my crusade meeting tonight and stand in that crowd, you'll be healed, buddy. Just stand out there. The glory of God is going to be there. Now, you bring them to a pastor, and I do want to be a little careful here, okay? I don't, I don't want to overstate this, okay? Because we really do need pastors, all right? But you bring them to a pastor, and the pastor says, well, honey, how are you feeling? Well, I'm not healed, you know? Well, we'll set you up with six counseling sessions here in the office, and we'll, we'll break out some scriptures, and we'll, but, but we'll, we'll get you going here, and we'll, sometime, somehow, somewhere, you'll be healed. <clears throat> then we go to the teacher, with the person that has not been healed. Teacher says, well, bless God. We're going to have a Bible study next Tuesday night. Bring your notebook, bring your pencils, bring your Bibles, and we're going to study this thing out, and we're, we're going to hope for healing. Now, my point is when a church is led from the top levels by the pastoral viewpoint, Many of these kinds of questions we're struggling with today, and, and I, I take this as a sign that we're coming out of that, Eric, actually in, in the fivefold nature of this church, as opposed to an apostle that says, no, we're going to get this done, whatever it takes, intercession, laying on hands and, and, and going for it. It's two different perspectives on the leadership of the church that yields a very different attitude toward healing. And where we want to get you today, or, or take you, and many of you are already on your way, is we want to get you to that apostolic place of trusting God and believing it. Now, all five of those, each one of those is a valid input. They're, I'm not saying any one of them is invalid. And when they work all together under the apostolic leadership, whoa, hallelujah. It's awesome. So... To the point of third world people having more of a spiritual worldview where we have more of a science mechanical worldview, in practicality, as you were saying that, I think to myself, because I've been to Africa, I've been to East Africa, when somebody's sick and dying, uh, they don't have a medicine cabinet filled with 27 bottles and 14 creams and all of that stuff to run to. So I'm not, listen, my wife is a nurse. I'm not anti-medicine at all. But if we first turn to a pharmaceutical before we turn to the Lord, like, man, I got this headache. I got this, I got this pain. And you just pray over yourself. And But in a third world country, they don't have the luxury of having that interference between them and, man, I really need God to show up. Absolutely. And I'll just tell you, this morning I woke up, my back was killing me. Okay? I had a choice. I could do exactly what you said, because we got this bottle, this little bottle of Aleve things, you know. <laughs> and, and I made a choice and a decision. I sat up on the edge of the bed, and I said, I'm not accepting this. This isn't coming from Jesus. This isn't coming from the Father. It's either coming from my flesh or the devil, and I don't either want either one of them. Okay, so get off of me and let me alone. I'm sitting here with no pain in my back right now. Jesus healed Praise me this morning. 
And sometimes that's a daily thing you got to do for a while till the thing finally totally leaves you. <laughs> yeah. No. Amen. No. So so you you're not one to shy away from difficult questions and I'm not one to shy away from asking them. So this is a this is a good opportunity. You know, cuz sometimes you're like but 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 well, let's, you know, so you get in your car and you drive here and your back still hurts you. Rebuke it again. <laughs> so you don't pop the leave when you get here. No. 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 At what point do you take the leave if you take it at all? Well, I. I <laughs> okay. I don't. I mean, I right. suppose if I had to get up and speak somewhere and I, I yeah. can't come in, you yeah. know. With, with, well, I mean, that goes to the heart of, you know, that, that God is, I mean, no, I want God to heal me of this heart attack. No, there's a doctor, you know, the old joke about the guy that prayed to be rescued from the roof of his house as the floods were rising and a helicopter came <laughs> right. and the guy in the helicopter said, jump on the helicopter, we'll get you out of here. And he goes, no, I'm praying for God to deliver me. Yeah. And this goes on and on and on until the guy drowns right. to death, goes to heaven and, and he, he asks the Lord, why didn't you save me? And the Lord says, I sent a helicopter three times. <laughs> right? So, so at some point we say, okay, the doctor, I don't deny that I have cancer. Because right. it's I can see it on the X-ray. I right. don't deny that I have cancer, so I'm, I'm not I'm not performing some sort of mental gymnastics. Mm -hmm. I, I I rebuke that, or I don't claim that. You can do all that stuff, but the X-ray says you got cancer. Mm -hmm. So they say, well, you got six months to live. I like to say, a doctor can give a diagnosis, but they're not allowed to give a prognosis. Right. So they got six months to live. Well, no, God determines what's going to happen That's here. Right. And That's the doctor right. has gifted these people in surgery. So I'm going to pray that I get healed, but I'm going to schedule my surgery. Is, there, is that legitimate? Yes. Okay. But also, I think, too, when we study the healing ministry of Jesus in the Gospels and really look at it in detail, we find some amazing things. Jesus never prayed for anybody to be healed. Not one time. Jesus spoke to the condition. Just a second. His PhD is in New Testament. So if that doesn't set well with you, I'd, he, he'll challenge you to look it up and you can find it out to be true for yourself. <laughs> okay, but he spoke the word of authority and then the disease and the issue left. Now, about praying for people for healing, there is one verse in the Bible that says we should do that. And that is in the book of James. Call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. The prayer of sick will, prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. So, if you have elders and you have oil and and you you have a gathering like that, absolutely, the Bible says to do that. Most of the places where I go, and especially when I'm out in public, because I love getting people healed out in public. And can I tell a testimony sure. about that? This, this this was really fun, okay? Like about four weeks ago, my staff guy, Pete, and I were headed for a meeting to do a Sunday morning, Sunday night service. And um, I did a little research before we left, and I said, hey, Pete, on the way down there on Saturday, there's this gun show. I said, let's, let's go in and check out the guns, man, the ammo and stuff, you know? So <laughs> we got there 
to the gun show, got out of the truck, were walking to the entrance of the venue, this big auditorium, and here's this guy sitting on the curb. He's all bent over. He looks terrible. I mean, he's just in, in terrible distress. So I was just pulled to him. I, it, it's hard to explain. I was pulled to him like a magnet. I said, let's go over there and talk to this guy. And um, so he said, hey, what's going on, man? He goes, oh, man, I got this pain in my back that is so severe I can't stand up. He said, it just came on me here as I was trying to go into the gun show. And... Um, we said to him, we, we use, there, there's a lot of different approaches you can use, okay? This is a good one. I, I said to him, well, I'm learning how to get people healed. And sometimes when I, and tell them that you're going to pray for them, but then don't pray, okay? <laughs> All right? So I said, sometimes when I pray for them, they get healed. He goes, really? I go, yeah, could we do that with you? He goes, yeah, absolutely. And he told me he was a believer. He didn't, didn't need to get him saved. He was already a believer. Pete and I laid our hands on him, sitting in front of the gun show door. The power of God hits him. He looks up. He goes, I got the tinglys all over my spine. There's, there's fire in me. What are you guys doing to me? <laughs> it isn't us. It's Jesus. He's healing. He says, wait, the pain's going away. He stands up. He's waving his arms around. He said, hey, buddy, let's go into the gun show. Hallelujah. And it was like Acts chapter 3, except not the temple, you know, the, the, the gun show. So <laughs> yeah. wow, we went, in, we went no. in together. No. But and I rebuked the pain. I, I didn't pray for the pain to be healed. I didn't have elders. I didn't have oil. I just had me and Pete, okay? And so I rebuked the pain and told it what to do because I have authority to do that in the name of Jesus. So sickness, sickness is from um, hell, right. disease, but we all die. Right. Lazarus, though raised from the dead still died again yes, eventually yes. at some point. Right. Um, so somebody's lived to be 95 years old and they're on their deathbed, you know. Somebody, let's say it's me. They come and, and they, you know, maybe they, maybe I just like, listen, I'm tired. I'm done. I want to go home. Mm -hmm. You know, is it inappropriate to pray for their healing at that point? Or is it, is it a, is it a spiritual cop-out to say when someone dies, regardless of their age, well, that's an ultimate healing. Yeah. You've heard that, you know. Ultimately, we prayed, we prayed, and they didn't get healed. So uh, there's about four questions in there. Answer any one you want. <laughs> yeah. It's always appropriate to let the person have what they want. That's what I believe. Okay, and I, I've faced a lot of situations. So the guy just says, listen, at, I'm done. I'm, I'm good with God. Bed. I'm checking. I, yeah. I'm, I'm losing my fight. I don't want to. Right. I, I wanna... On a deathbed, that's not the time for a huge theology of healing lesson, you know, with 10, ten sessions. You know, mm -hmm. it just, that's not. And, and if he's done and he's okay with that, he's done. Let him okay, go. Okay, so now you walk in the room. You walk in the room and he's already dead. She's already dead. And then there's maybe a family member or someone. We need to pray to raise them from the dead. I know this is absolutely the, the pendulum swing is way out there. Yeah. But they just told you to say they just told you they're checking out or you know or whatever. Do we pray for every dead person to come back to life? Well, obviously no, but we should do more. Okay. 
we we sh- we should watch David Hogan videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should be raising the dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah. but right. I mean, we don't pray for you. You're right. <laughs> right. We, we don't pray for every person to be raised from the dead. I believe the Holy Spirit uh, quickens us. And I would honor the requests of the family members. So you're in that moment, and the family member says, so let, let, let's, let's pray to raise. Yeah. Okay, all right, let's do that. Yeah. Um, but then you're saying, other than that, you should have a specific word from the Lord, like, let's, let's, let's go yeah, for this. Yeah, without okay. the family members, I would want a specific, yeah. Lord yeah. says, go do this. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, you... I guess the root of the question, you know, why do, why don't people get healed? And and there is a branch of theology that says, brother, you just didn't have enough faith, mm-hmm. you know. And and I had someone in a circle of mine once, and and they said, well, you don't have enough faith. I said, well, listen, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. So if I don't have enough faith, you you pray for me and your right. faith. Right. How about you? How about we work on your faith and let's right. see how it works then. Yeah. You know, maybe that was a sarcastic moment, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And so, right. So God challenged me with that yeah. a while ago when I, when I was just really launching into this and starting to see a lot of people healed, he challenged me with the reality of that. When I went into meetings, healing meetings, like, in Africa and India it's with thousands and thousands of people but but even here in the United States uh, to why don't you trust me in case there's people here that don't have enough faith I understand say that again he said to me why oh, don't you trust you. me for such a level of faith that if there's people that don't have their own faith, you can carry them with a greater faith? Is that the man who exactly. was let through the roof? Yeah. Who and, didn't have the faith exactly. himself, but his friends brought him when their right. faith carried him. And that's what Jesus did all the time. Now, sometimes when Jesus healed people, he said to them, your faith has made you well. That's a person that had enough faith to believe that Jesus was going to do it. It's about 50-50. The other 50% of the time, Jesus doesn't say anything about faith. And I believe that's where Jesus carries them with his faith and just heals them anyway. So faith has to be present, whether it's... It does. Okay. Yep. So um, when someone doesn't get healed... You believe, I mean, I got faith to believe because I've, I prayed for these people. I prayed for broken arms to be healed before and that broken arm has been healed. So I have the faith for that. They may or may not say they got faith to believe it and we both get done praying and the arm is still broken. At what point do we say, gosh, it just didn't work this time or it's the Lord's will and he's teaching me something with this sickness. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's a place we're not going to go. I'm not going to go, okay? And the reason is Jesus healed everybody that came to him. But they came to him, though. He went to people that didn't even come to him. How about the guy at the pool of Bethesda? Well, he was the only guy that got healed, but wasn't there a hundred other people at the pool of Bethesda that didn't get healed that day? Maybe Jesus was healing him so they would look at him and say, I want to be healed too. Right. But no one did. 
they were not told that we're not did. told that anyone had stepped up and said I'm next. Right, right. Okay. Right. And the point of the story, of course, was a conflict with the Pharisees and, and establishing the supremacy of Jesus through that healing. Oh, you and your context. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Uh, contest right. can be a bugger sometimes. <laughs> All <know>? right. <laughs> All right. So, um, oh, you scared the question right out of me. I had a good one. <laughs> I had a good one there for a second. Okay. So... Um, there, I'll, I'll help you. There, there's. Ask your own question, and no, then. No, <laughs> I, I think I think the, the will of God and healing. Does, yeah. Oh, does, I know what I was going to say. Does God make I, I, people I sick? What? Does God make people sick? Okay. All right. Okay. Do you understand the question? God gave me this sickness to right. teach me a lesson. Okay. Here. All right. No. No. Let's let's try to handle it carefully. Okay. You go into Deuteronomy chapter 28 and read through it. I just did the other day. Blessings and cursings. You read into those cursings there, and you're going to find some pretty heavy stuff. You're going to find God saying these come from him. All kinds of stuff. But we won't read it. It's scary. I mean, it, really. But here's the deal. You don't read in the Bible that God ever put a sickness or a disease on anybody before the law. Check it out yourself. So prior to from the Moses, of the, okay. From Moses onward, then you have stuff like Deuteronomy 28. You have all kinds of stories in the Old Testament where something like that Leprosy. happened. And then you come to Matthew 5.17. Okay. Where Jesus says, I did not come to destroy the law, I came to fulfill it. And when Jesus fulfilled the law, all of that stuff, all of those cursings, all of those terrible things that you read in Deuteronomy 28 were put on Jesus. And he carried them. In fact, he purchased them with his blood. So you and I did not have to have them. Can you say amen to that today? Hallelujah. So it is by the law that the curse of the law comes. And yes, in that manner, and the law brings God's, so you can say God gave that person that disease, but not anymore. Jesus fulfilled the law. Now, if you want to be under the law, don't please don't, by the way, but... But you can say God God made you sick, but there's a better way. And it's to be free and above the law in the gospel. So he's processing. Well <laughs> because he's my teacher, I have to I have to really like hear myself ask the question so it doesn't sound so stupid <laughs> before I ask it. All right, so you've got you've got Paul's thorn in the flesh. Let's hey, talk. Uh, let's ooh, talk about that, this for a second. That's a good one. Okay, right. so he prayed. It didn't. He didn't get delivered from that. Right. So ultimately, was that something from the enemy that the Lord said, you know? my grace is sufficient for you. You're going to have to just learn to live with this. Or was the Lord teaching him a lesson in that where the scripture sometimes says, hey, listen, you're gonna, in this world, you're going to suffer. You're going to have to rejoice in these sufferings along with us. So can you bring us an amalgamation of those thoughts? Yes. The thorn of Paul, the whole question there can be resolved by answering this question. Was it a disease or a sickness? 
And when Paul describes it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he calls it an angelos of Satan. That's a Greek word, ladies and gentlemen. That's a Greek word that is translated angel. And it was an angel of Satan that was given to him, he says, to buffet him. It's not like the buffeting that we're all going to do after the service today when we, when we, go, to, we go to the buffet. That's a different kind. You know, I'm here to buffet my body, Lord. Thank you very much. Okay. It is to strike with blows, to buffet, and I believe that's literal. Now, once again, context. Chapter 11, before chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, what is that chapter all about? The list of Paul's things that he went through as an apostle. None of them are diseases. There are stonings and shipwrecks and beatings and, and uh, lack of food and lack of sleep and all the stuff he went through so that the gospel could advance into another territory in, in that apostolic ministry. And in fact, when you read through Paul's uh, ministry and his missionary journeys in the book of Acts, that's exactly what happens. This angelos of Satan follows Paul around wherever he goes. He goes to a new city. Now, do you think it was fun to be named a traveling companion of Paul? You know, they have, they have the church meeting like in Antioch. Hey, who's going to go with Paul? Everybody's like, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't want to get beaten. Yeah, you know, we know what happens when he gets to a new town. There's dust in the air. There's angry voices chanting. There's riots. There's stones in the air. Why? So because of this angle, angelos. So those aren't from the Lord, but the Lord uses those to further the gospel. But they're not a sickness or a disease. They are, they are, may cause physical wounds sometimes, right. but, but they were not some sickness or disease that God gave Paul. The law was fulfilled for Paul. So the interpreter who says uh, that's Paul's weak eyes is trying to find an excuse for this whole will of God healing okay. question. All right. Okay. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I take your opinion. That's why you're in that chair over there. Okay. All right. So, no, that's, I mean, it goes back to context. I, I, I see that. So, um, and the Greek word asthenia which comes in right after that in chapter 12. Yes, there are a few contexts in the New Testament where that's translated disease, but most places where that word's, word occurs, it is weakness. It is uh, brought on by phys physical conditions outside the person type of thing. All right, so um, we, have a, we have a new baby, and the baby is born with a heart issue. It's a disease. They have heart disease of some sort when they're a baby. Um, so God didn't give that to the baby to test the family. Um, we're fallen beings in a fallen world. Genesis 3. Where the curse of that is upon us the moment we're born, the moment we're conceived. So I, I understand that, but this baby hasn't done anything. Mom and dad pray and fast, pray. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about that little baby at Bethel Church, uh, Olive. Yeah, when, when they, they wrote the song. They wrote the song. Yeah, and, yeah. And the whole, not just the whole church. I mean, it was out, it was out in Christendom, at yeah. least in America. I don't know if you're familiar with that story yeah, at all. Yeah. And then the baby dies. I mean, oh, that one. I, yeah. was, I was thinking of the one where they wrote the song and the baby was healed. No, but, the, the, in this, in the, in this, this, 
I think Olive died. Did somebody? Yes. Yeah. yeah. She died, and and yeah. so like, wow. Mom and Dad really prayed. They interceded. I mean, um, how, how do you square that? How do you square little babies and sickness and disease and not getting healed? Yeah. Well, I take it back to where you started there. That that's where I go. Genesis three. God does not overrule processes that he has already put in place unless faith comes in, trust comes in, and and we're not the judge of another person's faith. You know, we, we hear this about, uh, you know, the will of God and healing, and uh, this person was such a person of faith. Well, praise God, I, I hope they were. Um, I don't know that person. I don't. I don't know their inner life. I don't know their secret life. I don't. I don't know any of that. I just know that God is a good God, and that He honors His word, and ultimately He's going to get glory. I. I think we we need a, a bigger picture of God because. And and here's the thing we need to be aware of with. And you know how big I am on this, on taking authority and, and making the thing move and all of that. In, in doing all of that still, we are not God. We, we are his representative here on earth. God is still God. And there are some things we're probably not going to understand till we get over to the other side. Having done all to stand... Yeah. Then you stand there. But we take what we do understand and use it. Right. Rather than, as you just said a while ago on the video, standing standing in the in the bleachers watching the, the game being played, mm-hmm. we're going to get down on the field. Amen? So, someone, you know, if let's say I, there's a prayer line, and let's say I'm praying, I pray for 10 people, and nine of the 10 do not get healed, but the 10th person gets healed. And someone comes to me and says, "Eric, you know, look at look at your look at your odds. Not real good. Ten percent. Yeah, one percent. Ten percent of your of your of your people that you pray for get healed. I mean, what do you think about that?" To which I respond, "Well, the person that did get healed was probably thankful that I did pray. Yes. So I don't know the answer for the other nine, but I." Do know that one person did get healed, and, and regardless of whether, regardless of whether or not the healing takes place, we're commanded to pray for the sick. We, and then le- this took a lot of pressure off of me early in ministry. Was it's not my responsibility; it's God's responsibility. Yeah, All I have right. to do is say, "Oh, you're sick. Would you like me to pray for you? I'll pray for you." Yeah. And however that manifests in rebuking or re- whatever. Right. As long as faith is in the mix, right. we'll just leave it in Lord's hands after that. And here's another part of that whole third world uh, expectation compared to ours. We are an instant culture. You can get everything instantly. You just pop it in the microwave and you have it in 30 seconds. Here you go. We're, we're oriented that way to everything. And there are when healing ministry is being done... There are two gifts of the Holy Spirit that are different from each other that we need to understand. And I I would say in your line there, when you prayed for 10 people, it's very likely that three or four of them were ministered to by a gift that's called gifts, plural, of healings, plural. Look it up in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The one gift 
is a plurality of gifts that is given to a person. In other words, it keeps coming and coming and coming over a period of time until they're well. Now, working of miracles, by contrast, is where you get it all at one time. It's spontaneous and instantaneous. And by our whole instant you know, mindset that we have, we're already, oh, if, we, if I didn't get that, I'm not healed. Not necessarily. You might be being ministered to by the spiritual gift of gifts of healings. And we really encourage people in our meetings, concentrate on the improvement. If you have improvement right away, if it wasn't 100%, concentrate on that because you're going to get more tomorrow and you're going to get more the next day. And Jesus is going to stay with you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. We're going to just drive a stake in the ground and say, wait, we're not retreating back behind this. I'm taking hold of it, whether it takes a week or, or whatever it takes. So the prayer that says, oh, I've got, I got pain in my back. Okay, let me pray for you. The question then is, do you feel any better at all mm -hmm. on a scale of one to ten? Right. If you if your level of pain was a ten, right. what is it now? Oh, it's a seven. Right. All right, well let's just go with that. Pray again, and where the Lord prayed more than once for someone he did. to be healed. Right. So it is it legitimate to pray more than once for a healing? Absolutely. So yeah. every time the altar is open for that, I want to get prayed for that, Absolutely. and I want to get I want I want to I want to get as much prayer as possible to that particular point. But expect that you're going to have such an encounter with the Holy Spirit that that gift is released. Gifts plural of healings plural, and you start getting better. I fully believe there are many things that go wrong with our bodies that it is better for us to be healed over a period of time because we're actually going to keep the healing much longer than if we just all of a sudden it zapped on us. Seriously. So we have the gifts, the gifts of healing and, and a spiritual gift uh, given without repentance. Some people seem to be able to pray a healing prayer more readily than other people. Like, you know, Larry prays for people and they get healed all the time. Tom prays for people. They don't get healed so much. Is yeah. that legitimate? It is. Any, any one of you here today can get people saved, right? Sure. But evangelists, I mean, whoa, dude, right? Thousands, right? And, okay. So there are people that, that are proficient at getting people healed. But every one of you can get people healed. When, when the 70 came back in, in uh, Luke chapter 10, after healing the sick and casting out demons, Jesus didn't separate them out. Now you 10 over here, you know, you, he spoke to all 70 of them and said, this is the authority you have, and, and this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Okay. So people that, we don't have this so much today in Christendom. We did uh, nearly a generation ago with the Benny Hens of the world, the Happy Hunters of the world, people that had, in air quotes, healing ministries where you would, you know, you would go and there would be, Oh, the, it's promotion Sunday. Kids are graduating wow. from classes back there, from one class to the other. So they're having a they're having a hoot nanny. Um, but we don't see that we don't see that type of ministry. I mean, I went to a, I went to a Benny Hinn crusade once. I don't. It's been a long time since I shared this testimony, but I went to a Benny Hinn crusade ministry because I just wanted to see what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I was I was I, did too. I was your product. You know, I was a little I was a little Pharisee. 
and I wanted to go see what was going on and and figure this whole thing out. And it was this was at uh, the Met Center where the Mall of America stands today oh, before okay. they tore it down, yeah. where the North Star plays. Sorry, a little inside Minnesota story stuff there, don't you know? <laughs> and uh, uh, so I was at the I was at the I was at this big coliseum like the convention center, and then Benny Hinn. This is back when he was throwing his coat and blowing on people, which I wanted to get eyes on that, you know, and forgetting that Jesus spit in the mud and rubbed mud on people's eyes, but, and so, very long story short, he prayed, and now, be healed in the name of Jesus, I was not looking at the platform, the Lord instructed me not to look at the platform, I'm looking out into the center of this this auditorium, I'm on the upper level, and I see what is a large briquette out of a your cooker, your barbecue in the backyard, you know, like the little black squares, you lighted it charcoal, yeah. right? But it was like, you know, all the white was blown off of it. It was just a burning ember, and it was the size of a house, hovering. This is my first open vision I've ever had. Wow. Hovering in the middle of this auditorium. And then when he goes, and be, and was with Steve Nordak at the time, I said, Steve, Steve, Steve. He goes, no, I don't see that. So, <laughs> so... So Benny Hen, Benny Hen goes, and now be healed. <laughs> Nothing happened, but in the spirit realm, I saw this thing explode, and the sparks landed on people. Wow. And he said, anyone that believes that God has healed you, and I, I don't know if you've ever been to one of his crusades, but this is how he does it. Anyone that believes you've been healed, and they come up on the stage, we want to hear your testimony. And without fault, everyone who one of these embers falled on stood up out of their chair, and they formed a line of fire going up on the stage and and for me I'm like that really it really impacted me really transformed me that 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 this prayer that Dr. Nichols could pray a prayer over faith to lay hands on each we could just pray it right now and be healed and you could be healed mm-hmm. um because what's happening is in the spirit realm it's not coming out of his hands it's not going to come out of my mouth it's 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 on a faith plane it's on a faith plane, not because somebody's wearing the right color shoes or the right color jacket right. or has the right accent. Right. Right. Yeah. And if it is God's will to save you, is it? Yeah. Everybody? Then it's also his will to heal you. They, they're a pair. They're a couplet. They go together. But not everyone gets saved. That's right. And not everyone gets healed. But it's God's will that it's all should God's be saved. Will. So when you pray for healing, you know you're praying in God's will. Is that That's correct? That's right. Yep. So you're sick. So I'm at Walmart and I see a person on crutches. Am I obligated to go to that person and say, hey, I see you're on crutches. You mind if I pray for you? Is that is that the talk I, to him a little bit? First. Yeah. Say, hey, I see you're on crutches. What what's the story what's the deal with there? that? I heard yeah. you once say, and the staff this week was saying, "What are you going to ask Dr. Nichols? What's he going to say about this and that?" And I'm and I'm trying to channel you to the staff this week as <laughs> oh, I we were talking about it, and I said, well, I remember him saying one once about when people don't get healed, it, it it has to do with the human delivery system. I don't know if you recall ever making mm, that comment. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there's a bunch of sick people down at Memorial Hospital right now. And you're like, well, every one of them should be healed. And God's told you to go down and pray for them, and you haven't. Mm-hmm. The breakdown is always in the human deliveries. God is right. not the reason it's not happening. It's the human delivery system that's on whatever right. level that's that that right. is. That's very good. 
You know, and some some people who don't believe it's God's will to heal everybody use the, the hospital thing as an excuse. Well, if you, you have gifts of healing, why don't you go in the hospital and empty them out? Well, actually, in the Argentina revival, they did that a number of times. In fact, Carlos Anacondia did it in one certain hospital. There were no pay. He went through there, prayed for every person in every room, uh, and every person got up and left. And there were no people left in the hospital. Can sickness and disease, can sickness and disease come on you because of unforgiveness and and sin? Yes, most certainly. So it's a legitimate prayer when praying for someone to get healed to say, "Listen, I'm pray for your healing, but like, do you have under the prompting yep. of the Holy? Do you have any unforgiveness in your heart Absolutely. towards you know?" your mom or your dad and yep. you, you think you that would be a good idea yep. otherwise your prayers don't go above and, uh, you know and, and, and really and it breaks through absolutely it's that's always in order but not all not every time. not all sickness is no. sin related no well ultimately it is because of the fall which is the right sin. right so the fact that it's here right yeah, right, right 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 and that we need it right okay so so i, I want to touch on the suffering thing again just to make sure. So when Paul talks about, you know, join with me in the sufferings of the cross, etc. Come get sick with me. <laughs> no, no, you're right. right. No, no, it's, it's not. No, but when you hang around, listen, when you hang around people that don't believe in healing, like... I'm just going to tell you straight up, there are denominations that don't believe in healing, right? Right. So then I ask myself, why are you calling the pastor to come pray for you in the hospital? Do you want them to invalidate the will of God? Do you want them to pray against the will of God? If you really believe this is something God has given you, I don't want to pray against something you think God has given you. Or take it one step further, are you going to go to the doctor with that thing? What if you get better? You defeated the will of God. It wasn't his will for you to be healed. Right, so why are you even in the hospital? Right. You should go home and die. Right. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Everybody really, when you really boil it down, that's important, Eric. When you boil it down like that, everybody wants to be healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick. <laughs> okay, I'll say it, I'll say it. When you call the Catholic priest... There's seven rites in the Catholic Church, seven, seven ways to receive grace. One of them is the last rite that the priest prays, which is a, a way in, to receive grace in their theology. Right. So they're not praying for healing. That priest isn't praying that God would heal, heal you at that moment. He's just praying unless, that... Unless you call for Bill Kurtz, who's my PhD dissertation director at Marquette University, who's a charismatic brother. Sherry and I just had lunch with him. He's an intercessor for our ministry now in in retirement. He's in retirement right now from his years at Marquette. And and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking in other tongues, getting people healed, prophesying over him. And and he's a Jesuit Roman Catholic priest. Barely. (laughs) Barely. Barely. All right, so sometimes, you know, we see, uh, get the handkerchiefs and bring a handkerchief. Paul said, you know, bring aprons and we'll anoint those with oil. You'll take those home and you lay them on sick people and people got, I mean, we don't make entire theologies out of those things. Talk about those types of things. Here, give me $35 and I'll give you a vial of holy water. Mm. Yeah. 
this is where we got to get real, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to me about that stuff. Well, I don't believe in that stuff. I, that The whole cloth thing comes out of Acts 19, where they, they actually took them off of Paul's body, it says. Okay. And took them to the people. So it seems like there was a transfer of the anointing from Paul's person to that inanimate object, the cloth, and mm-hmm. then they put it on the persons, mm-hmm. and they were healed. There was also a time where even the shadow of, of, Paul, Peter, but, of Peter, of Peter, but we don't have shadow ministries. Right. Everybody, lay, everybody lay down right there. Let my shadow just go over the top of well, you. I, right. I, I did meet one guy once who went around with a flashlight. You know, he cast his own shadow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, <right>. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah, no, he did. And I'm <laughs> in America? Yes. Oh my. Minnesota? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Probably California. You know? California. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, um, so I was. I wanted to talk about the the system or the order or we. The, the napkin, the apron versus the shadow versus the spitting and making mud, all of these various types of methodologies, what do you see as the nugget in the center of all that 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 those things revolve around? In other words, you know, I don't want to have a spit and mud ministry. I don't want to have a shadow ministry. I don't want to have an apron ministry. Right. I want to know the big rock that sits in the middle of that bowl before I fill in all the other ones. Someone's faith was quickened to trust the God who has provided this by the stripes and wounds and blood of Jesus. It might have been the person that was expressing the ministry, or it might have been the person who was receiving the ministry, or it might have been someone else standing around nearby. Or grandma praying in another another country. Someone reached a level of faith that moved the hand of God for that miracle or that healing. And we, what the challenge for us is to, you know, when I say that, I go, ooh, that's way up there. So, well, respect it and have awe about it, but realize God wants to do it thousands and millions of times all across the earth, just like salvation. Just as he wants to save everybody, he wants to heal everybody. And you said it a little while ago. Then we come up to reality in, in living in this earth. Not everybody gets saved. And not everybody gets healed. But it's not because God didn't provide it and God doesn't want to do it. So God has healed me. But, you know, I turned 60 this year, um, which makes me think a little bit more about my mortality, which is kind of weird. Thinking about, you know, like when we did the time capsule out here and writing letters that's going to be opened in 50 years, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be dead when these things are read, you know, I was like, you know, so, but God's healed me. So what is an, here's a question. What is an honorable death for a spirit filled on fire, Bible believing Jesus is Lord Christian? You, You know what I'm saying? Do we just. We do, I mean, you, you get, I don't know, someone lives to be 90 years old. I'm 90 years old. At some point, the parts of this automobile wear out, and then I throw a belt, and the battery <laughs> dies, and, and, and something rusts out, and it's just done. Yeah. The tent, 
as we as we talk about, right. is now worn it out. Collapses. Yep. Right. Right. So, is there something in me, in that person, laying there in that bed that, that goes, you know what? I've lived a good life, and this cancer that I have, this this disease that I have, you know, even if I even if I can't, I'm I'm just ready to go meet the Lord. What's the honorable way for a believer to? graduate from this world to the next where sickness and disease and throw in the idea of healing with that answer well I, again I, I said this earlier and, and I think it's true it, it's the under Jesus and under the Holy Spirit the the mindset of the person do you want to be healed? Do you want to keep pressing into this healing? Mm-hmm. You're, you're in stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. Do you do you really, in your heart of hearts, feel it's time for you to go home to right. the Lord? I would honor that. Right, and pray for them. Right. But you might have them. the next ask person. Right. right, exactly, and talk it through with them. And the next person may say, no, I've, I've been in stage four for six months. The doctors told me I, I'm supposed to be dead by now. I'm pressing in. I'm going for it. I'm going to stand with you and go for it. In, in, in common vernacular, we talk about someone still has the will to live or they've lost their fight. My wife deals with people that die all yeah, the time because right. of her line of work as a cancer nurse. And she can tell you, and we've seen it, you know, it just in... in in the people in the people circles of people that we know when someone says and, and says you know I'm I'm done I'm done fighting mm-hmm. it's not long yeah. it's not long before they're they're gone um i had another question that i want to piggyback back on the, on back of that okay so let's leave that suspended there for a second come back to this someone dies um, we just had the young Prashal girl roll her car. She could have died in this card wreck last week. God miraculously mm. kept her, right? I mean, to see, the, to see the pictures of this automobile, she should have died. Wow. And she's got like a, a bruise on her arm and she, she's a little sore, but right. she walked away from us. Yeah. Mir- miracle. Right. The other side of that coin is young person dies in a car wreck and we say, well, the Lord just wanted them. It must have been, you've heard this? It must must have been their time. Is that it, it, how, how do you how do you address those those people and those arguments? Yeah. Well, praise God if she was a believer, she's right. in the arms of Jesus. Yes, and she's in heaven, and she is she is comforted. Did God but, cause the car wreck that killed the young man at age nineteen so that he could be with him? Yeah, I would say no. I would say no. There's there's human causations of a situation like that. We make errors in, in judgment. Uh, sometimes there's demonic attacks upon us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have David said- Wilkerson died in a car crash in Texas. I mean that one boggled my mind. David Wilkerson, Rich I mean, Mullins, really right up the, up the road in Morton. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so I'm living a holy, righteous life. This person is living this holy, righteous life. They love God. They serve God and so on and so forth. But someone goes, gets stoned out of their mind, gets in a car, and T-bones you. Um, that's part of being a free moral agent and what God allows to happen. Yes. But because God knew it was happening, didn't mean that he caused it to happen. That's right. Exactly. God's foreknowledge, God, just because God knows something happened, will happen, doesn't mean he caused it to happen. And the reason that is true is he has decided that the ultimate value in this universe is going to be love. 
And in order for there to be love that is not fake, that is not conjured up, that is, I love you, oh, thank you very much, I love you too, you know, that kind of love, if it's not going to be that, there's going to have to be freedom. And God decided way back at the beginning of things that he's going to have that kind of love operating both between he and his children and amongst his children. Think about that. With that freedom, there has to be freedom. Otherwise, it's not really love. Okay, we've got a few minutes left. I have a question about in prayer, the attitude of prayer and the projection of prayer into a circumstance saying, the, the idea of pleading for healing, oh God, I beg you, versus the position of God has already provided this and I'm going to enforce something that already should be a reality. I don't know if you've ever heard those types of phrases yep. before. Can you talk to that yep. a little bit? And once again, the biblical examples of this that we use, most of them, in fact, all of them are in the Old Testament. You think of like a Hannah pleading for a child sure. and so forth. Sure. And all these Old Testament examples, but Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Jesus came and gave this perfect sacrifice. No more lambs, bulls, goats, all calves, all that. The perfect son of God laid down on that cross, had those nails pounded in his hands. Before that, he went to that whipping post, and he kept getting up. It's hard to watch, but I challenge you, get out your, your uh, Passion of the Christ video every six months or so and take a good look at that scene because that's the price. That's what God thinks about your healing right there. That's it. That, that's heavy. Dude. That's God speaking from heaven and making it plain on a human body here on this earth. So am I already healed waiting for a manifestation of that healing? When I say, oh God, I've got a sinus problem. God, I believe I am healed. I believe I'm healed but I still stuffy and I, you know, snot it up. So am I healed and waiting for a manifestation of that healing or how does that work? Or is that just a bunch of, a bunch of mumbo jumbo? I, I like to say you, you come to God for the encounter to be healed at that moment in time. And it's a, it's a present tense. I know some people like to do a past tense with Isaiah 53. By his stripes, you were healed. Right. right. I like to say it's a present tense, and it says, I am healed in this present moment. And uh, but, but a thing that I, I've heard recently that I, I'd just like to throw out here, that I've, I've, kind of, I've been pondering this, man. I'd like to know what you think about it. <laughs> well, we're out of time, Dr. Nichols. We're yeah. out of time. We have six minutes left, yeah, folks. Right, no, right. no. <laughs> no um, since Jesus bought and paid for all these sicknesses and diseases, he owns them. They're his. So stop stealing them from Jesus and allowing them in your person, your, your family. Give them back to Jesus because they're his. He bought them. They're his rightful possession, not yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> in that camp, in that camp you have, well, 
I have cancer, I have diabetes, I have heart disease, you know, my, my, and there's this, this verbiage of ownership where it's right. mine. How do you feel about that language? Uh, yeah, we need to avoid that language. Yeah. It, you are not cancer. Now, we don't deny that in, in the word have, we don't deny that you have cancer. You said it before. Right. There's there's there the screen, and 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 there it is. But to say that it's yours, don't claim it as yours. Jesus bought it. Let it go back to him. He paid for it. And gather people around you, and and, right. and let's see the miracle of yeah. God happen. I'll, That's what we're gonna do tonight. Amen. Are you ready for tonight? Tonight's amen. gonna be. Tonight's going to be awesome. And we got stuff at the table. Yeah, yeah. Tell, l listen, we've got just a couple minutes left. Dr. Nichols. Uh, we've got our Be Healed cards. Uh, these are designed to get people healed. When you, know, greeting, you know, greeting cards? Yeah. You said get well get soon. Get well. These are way Be better. healed soon. Because uh, <laughs> each, each one of them was uh, done by our, our staff gal, Jan, who's a prophetic artist. And uh, she she did these. These are prints of her watercolors. But uh, there's a CD in here with a healing declaration and doctor's orders. I'm a doctor, okay? So doctor's <laughs> orders. <laughs> Play the CD over and over until you're healed. And for some reason, these have a special anointing against cancer. We don't understand why, but we've had a number of healings of cancer come off of these that have been amazing. If you buy anything at the table here today, you can have this little healing book free. It has helped many people do exactly what it says, how to receive your healing from God and keep it. Receiving it is great. Keeping it is even better. Um, going back to the fivefold thing that we started with, this my red book, uh, Who's in Charge? And the call for the return to apostolic leadership in the church as opposed to pastoral leadership or uh, didactic teacher leadership. And uh, the very important book along that line, we have a flash drive with all our stuff on it. It's probably the best deal out there. Uh, my two new books, and Pastor Eric has, re has I've read, read both. both of them. Yeah. Uh, this one, bet uh, Between God and Caesar, Finding the Balance in an Unbalanced World. If you wonder about the right place for a Christian to be in light of Romans 13 and several other scriptures, this is a book for you. Let me help. We should obey those in authority over us. Right. We've heard this a lot during the pandemic, right? Right. Well, Dr. Nichols unpacks that, what that means. So. Exactly. And this one is the kingdom of God. Uh, I believe explained as you need to understand it, this age and the age to come, what happened when Jesus came, what shifted, what's going to shift when he comes in the second coming, what does this present age look like in light of the kingdom. So all of those are in that book as well. We've got a whole set of uh, six different messages on healing on CDs here that go after the subject of healing from several different angles. Uh, there are things that go wrong with us that are traumas, accidents, wounds. Um, there are other diseases, these kind of spooky, mysterious diseases that the doctors don't even know where they come, like fibromyalgia and stuff like that. Uh, we cover that in here. Uh, then direct biological, physiological things that, that just go wrong with our bodies. So 
we try to go after it, make it leave by the way it came, in other words, and take authority over it in the name of Jesus and be healed. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, well, um, I like the idea that he purchased those things. They belong to him now, and yeah. for me to have them is illegitimate. That's, that's, a, that's a nice thought. So uh, tonight is going to be uh, just maybe just a song or two of worship like this morning because we want to give you as much time as possible, uh, a little activation, and then we're just going to we're gonna see people get healed. I, I, we're going to believe for that. It's, it's a four-square gospel, and part of that is, part of that is healing Amen. and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say thanks for coming today. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Nichols, tonight. We're very much looking forward to it. And uh, so listen, I want you to know that if you have a... If you have a sick friend or a sick relative or something, it's not on you to do anything other than say, hey, we're having a service tonight at church for healing. Yeah. Uh, you know, what if? Yeah. What if? You know, so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together uh, this morning. Thank you for the information. But also, Lord, on a spiritual level, I just feel, I feel an anticipation, Lord. I, I feel that, mm-hmm. that you're stirring hearts and faith is rising, Lord, for miracles in, in the service this evening. Thank you for Dr. Nichols. Thank you for Sherry. Thank you for the wisdom that they have, for the time and energy and the study that he has done uh, in, in this area. And we just, we're, we're just grateful to be able to drink that in today and tonight, Lord. And so this afternoon, as we just rest and we meditate on your goodness, may tonight be just filled with signs and wonders and miracles. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.